Hello, hello, everybody. Uh, I am sorry I sound like frog. I was really hoping that, uh, you know, the start of the third week, I would be finally clear of congestion, but I am not. So bear with me. If you can't hear me, leave me a message underneath and I will look at the end and I will reply. So if you don't understand something or you're like, oh my word, your voice is like a frog. I couldn't get it. Just say so. Uh, I will not be offended because I know it's bad. Uh, <clears throat> it comes and goes. So you might hear like in a minute it gets better and it might get worse. So I don't know. But that said, today we are going to be talking about unlocking internal blocks. And we're going to start out actually by asking the question, well, what are internal blocks? Another way to see internal blocks is to talk about internal resistance. And internal resistance is kind of interesting. I, when I first heard about it, I think I want to say to you guys, I really challenged this idea that we could inadvertently hold ourselves back, like subconsciously. That's the phrase that I'm looking for. It is an interesting thing that our actual physical being can hold us back when our brain is saying, and our mouths are saying, no, 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 I want to go forward. So sometimes we are up against our own internal resistance, which is to say we are up against our own in, um, internal beliefs. Okay, so these, this resistance actually stems from a set of beliefs that we have that actually function at our core that we don't even realize that we function with. So every day, each of us, we have our own morals in our own, um, and by own morals, I see we have society's morals, right? We function within society's morals. There are people that function outside of society's morals. Um, and in a positive way, we tell, we talk about those people saying, oh, well, they think outside the box. And in a negative sense, you know, we have this sort of negative connotation with it. And, you know, then there are people who are exercising activities outside of the current morale like current set of morals and um, legal system, we talk about them as being criminals, right? So in, interestingly, these guidelines that we have, so these are sets of beliefs that we have grown up with. They inform who you are today. It could be, and I want to make this really clear. Sometimes we may not even know that we have them. They are just strategic and well-placed beliefs. Sometimes it's just a single comment that informs how we behave. And it we may not even realize that we have internalized this. And these this internalization of maybe a singular comment or maybe repetitive comments from maybe a parent or a teacher, um, they actually put basically like bowling bumpers up. We try to stay within these bowling bumpers because we wanna make it to the end knock down all the pins and say we won and we don't want to have a gutter ball on either side, right? We don't want to be criminals in our own minds. And, and, and I say criminals because when we step outside our own boundaries, when they're in a negative connotation, negative sense, we actually feel guilty. We feel bad about them. If they're a positive connotation. We might actually still feel guilty and bad about them. It makes like we are outside of our boundaries, now, sometimes it's like having a toddler, you know, you've, or maybe it's a puppy, you know, just one of those, you ever seen those videos and the, I love these videos where like 
you've got boundaries in your house. Like someone has a boundary, like a fence in their house. And then you see it a lot with livestock, uh, not cows, guys, just so you know, not cows, but certain li- certain animals, like you put up the boundary, you put up the boundary, you put up the boundary, they test, 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 test. They get negative feedback, not positive feedback, but negative feedback. Then you remove the boundary. They don't go anywhere because they don't want the negative feedback anymore. We face this in our in own in our own internals. Our we've gotten negative feedback or we have gotten sometimes for some of us it's positive feedback. And I want to make sure that that's like we we note this really quick here. When I'm talking about a lot of negative feedback because most of us have gotten negative feedback, especially if you're maybe a little bit on the neurotypical or neurodiverse scale, like you've got ADHD, um, maybe you've got ADHD or autism, um, or maybe you just have, you know, maybe you just think differently than most people. That's also fine. But a lot of people who think differently and push boundaries differently, we receive a lot of negative feedback, a lot of negative feedback Um, and more than our neurotypical peers. So we internalize, we put these gates up and this framework up. And this does not, again, Neurotypical neurodiverse doesn't really matter. We've all gotten these. But I also want to say that sometimes we've gotten positive feedback for something that we know that we didn't do very well. And maybe we maybe phoned it in and someone gave you a positive comment for it. Um, sometimes those positive comments are actually detrimental because they let us know that maybe we don't have to try so hard. And that could be a good thing, but for some of us, that also may mean that we have decided that we can phone everything in. So it's really interesting because don't, I just want to make sure that you guys know, sometimes positive feedback doesn't propel you forward like you think it would, okay? Some of us run on spite and coffee. I don't know. That's just, that's just what I have to say. So let's talk about what these internal blocks look like actually inside of us, okay? So one of the things that you might notice when you go to make a change. Now, it may be a good change, maybe a bad change. It doesn't really matter. The body's desire to stay at homeostasis, and you guys hear me talk about this with exercise all the time, the body's desire to stay at homeostasis is powerful. So your body is actually going to have a physical resistance to doing the change. You're going to have like guardrails, like, oh, why is this so physically hard? You're actually going to feel like something is stopping you. That's you. You're stopping you. Yep, that's it. Your body is actually going to war with you. It does not like to work hard. It's inherently lazy. It's not that we're lazy. It's that our body is like, no, 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 no. That's difficult. I'm not in the mood. Okay. So your body actually slows you down. Uh, The second side of this, and many of you may see this because maybe, maybe you don't get that physical resistance or maybe you do, and you have the ability to overcome that kind of like physical, like, Ooh, that's not a good idea. I don't know if I should do it. And you're like, running rough shot over that. Well, guess what? Some of you start running roughshod over those things. And then all of a sudden you find yourself sick. Maybe you've lost your voice. Maybe you've got like arm pain, leg pain. You know, your head starts to hurt. And really that's like tension headaches. Um, But your body actually is like, slow your roll. I'm going to bring you back to where I want you, but actually making you get sick. And that sounds crazy because we might say, oh, well, all illnesses are, you know, bacteria or viral derived. And they may be, but your immune system is certainly capable of working against some things or when you're kind of struggling against, you know, again, remember, this is a physical movement to a new change. 
your body's immune system may be tamped down and it allows sickness to happen. But I can't tell you the number of times I've watched people make positive changes in their life, just eating differently. And lo and behold, rugs yank out from underneath them and they're sick. And they're like, it's always having to start over. And I'll really caution you guys here. If you get sick as you're making a change, you're never starting over. You're just going. Okay, next. So do you guys ever feel guilty when you're doing something? You're like, and then, or if you're trying to make a positive change, like say, for instance, you're trying to go to the gym. You see this a lot in January. You guys know this. Everyone knows. Go in January. Everyone's like, I'm going to the gym. And, you know, people go hard at the gym, right? One of the reasons they go hard at the gym is because they made a goal. When they didn't, when they don't do the goal actively all the time, they actually feel guilty. Um, And you actually feel guilty when you're not actively doing the goal consistently because it's not a habit yet. And you're worried that you're going to forget about it or you're worried that you're not going to make it a value place in your life. Many of us do this. We do this with food. We do this with food a lot. Oh, it's the worst. Okay. We're like, oh, well, I made a plan. I failed at the plan. So now I'm bad. So we start using language that turns us and says we're not doing the right thing. Not that, you know what, life kind of is rough and I did my best this week or life is kind of rough And I know I phoned it in halfway, but I did 50%. We don't give ourselves the rewards for showing up. We give ourselves reward only for perpetual, like perfect success. But life is not perfect. The only thing we can do perfectly is we can actually set ourselves up to fail perfectly. So the converse feeling of like being guilty in this, and we don't like feeling guilty because it eats at us. It's like a cancer of like our mind and our soul. We feel guilty all the time. So we we feel like we're being bad. So a lot of us go, hands off. I don't want to feel like this. And so the flip side of not doing something perfectly, because we're not doing that goal perfectly, we can do something else perfectly. And that is perfectly failing to show up for the goal. So they call it perfect failure as an opposite of showing up because perfection can be achieved and that reward base can be achieved by actually not doing activity for your goal. That blew my mind the first time I heard it. And I was like, ooh, I'd gotten really good at perfect failure. All right. So uh, what I'm going to slide in here is negative self-talk. I kind of talked about it here because we're talking about feeling guilty. We have this negative self-con with negative self-talk. Some of us may. It's this, and remember, you may find that all of these apply, one of these apply, or just a few of them. So don't feel like you need all of them. But this is just a, a litmus to kind of get an idea of where your resistance lies. Because when we have the answer about where it lies, we can change the behavior. So negative self-talk is a big one. A lot of us are like, oh, I'm so dumb. Oh, I didn't do this right failed again. <clears throat> I'm a hot mess. I think that one's my favorite one. How many moms are hot mess moms? Is that for many of us, that's just honoring the fact that life is messy. Some of us wear that like a badge of honor as an excuse. Okay. So negative self-talk. Don't talk to yourself badly. That what you say to yourself is what you will become. All right. One of the ways that we have internal blocks is by not having solid boundaries. You're going to be like, how does blocks and boundaries work together? Well, when you have internal resistance, just like I talked up earlier about how you can stop yourself from moving towards a goal, 
Well, you have to have good boundaries to move yourself to goals. Okay. You cannot say I have a goal of exercising every single day and then use that exercise time because your friend calls you every morning or you decide to use that time to call the doctor's office. Okay. So you have to have boundaries around your goals and you have to have boundaries around people that might sabotage your goals. And when you're allowing people and things and stuff to come over your boundaries, it's an indication of internal resistance because you're giving permission. So the resistance is there. It's a, you're using others as a means of procrastination. That's just the best way to put it, okay? <clears throat> so another way to know that you have internal resistance is that you're seeking the next big fad or the next big success tool. Um, I can name 8 million in the nutrition content, so we're going to go for them today. So you want Atkins Keto in um, intermittent fasting Whole 30 paleo, you name it, it's a fad because the basic tenets of nutrition actually hold out across all of the things. So you're looking for something you can step into for quick success. That's not how this works. And when you're constantly hopping from success path to success path, you are never on any path consistently. And again, you are derailing your goals. And that's an internal block because what you're doing is you're undercutting the consistency and longevity that it takes to actually get to a goal because you're constantly starting and never completing, Oof. which is a funny comment. My husband and I had a little bit of a chat last night. He is a game completionist. I have no patience for that nonsense. He is all like, some people are game completionists. Some people just want to play the game and like be the best at the game. And then some people, you know, they just go for entertainment. And I was like, nobody wants to complete a game. It's my husband. He has every little badge thing checked off and every little thing. He will not move on until he's done it. I could care less. I'm there for the entertainment. And then I have a son who just needs to have the highest score. Everyone's got a little bit of a difference here, but listen, doesn't matter what your goal is, you just have to have one and you can't hop from thing to thing because this is like being like, I'm going to play, I'm going to be the best video gamer and you spend 10 minutes on Mario Kart, 10 minutes on like Call of Duty and 10 minutes on like Dance Dance Revolution. Are you going to become very good at any of those games if you hop to the next new fad, next new fad, next new fad? The answer is no, you won't. All right, this is my last one. Yeah, I think I'm going to stick with that one there. Just seeking the next big fads and holding, okay? So when it comes to internal resistance, these comments and root causes, okay, root causes are just means of excuses, which equals lies we tell ourselves that prevent us from becoming successful. And I'll give you some examples. Um, and these can apply in any area. Okay. So this is like when you're changing your life, you're changing, like I know we do fitness and nutrition on this page, but, and, and a little bit of Bible talk. Okay. So, but like when we're talking about these internal resistances and these little lies that we tell ourselves, they are literally just chipping away at the ground that you're trying to walk on. So you're having to constantly hunt for the path forward. Okay. Things like and we tell ourselves this all the time. And guys, these actually do derail your goals. And you say we say things like, I'm not worthy. Or most of us don't walk around being like, I am not worthy. We walk around thinking 
well, it works better for her. Or that person got lucky. I don't really know enough, so I don't think I can do this. Uh, I'm just kind of too busy. Like my life is so busy. If it calmed down, I could be, I could do this. Um, some of us just straight up fear failure. And so we don't want to try because what if we failed and someone saw it? Conversely, some of us actually fear success because what if someone saw and we had to do something about it? That sounds crazy, but that's actually a really big, legit one. You can undermine yourself in a business. Um, You can undermine yourself in health because you believe that only someone else can be successful and you can't. And you're so scared of what happens when you become successful because you actually don't know what that looks like. So you need to seek out people that are successful to ask them what their life looks like or get a coach pointing at myself right here. I'm happy to help you guide through what it looks like to fail, not perfectly, because we're not going to fail perfectly, but what it looks like to fail, get up and and continue to go. And also what, what happens when you succeed? Where do you go from there? Do you have to go anywhere from there? That's up to you. Okay. Then we also say things like, I'm not talented enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not lucky enough. I don't have enough energy, blah, blah, blah. Like, you know that you've had these conversation points with yourselves. So we're going to wrap this up because now you have a little bit of homework. Because at the end of the day, the truth of the matter is these are just excuses. They are. They're just excuses that keep us where we are. And it is not a good thing. You can turn these excuses into something powerful and make them a tool. Now, when you say something like, I'm just too busy to work out. What do you really mean? Do you mean, well, you've got brand new babies and you have a job and a husband who's gone and you're looking at your hours in the day and you're like, I just don't know how to do this. Okay, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. Okay, you're not too busy. You just have a lot on your plate. What you could do is maybe give up something. Remember, in order to get to a goal, you actually have to sacrifice. It's an unpleasant, unpleasant comment. In order to get to a goal, you have to sacrifice. Now, whether that's some time with your spouse, whether that's some television time, whether that's eating your lunch on the fly or at your desk so that you can do something that you want to do, You have to sacrifice something. Your life doesn't get to remain how it is right now to bring you to the next level of success. It doesn't work that way. So I want you guys to understand as you're starting to undo some of these lies that we tell ourselves that they are going to come with a cost and it's okay if at the moment you're not okay with the cost. So if you have a nutrition goal of eating healthy whole foods for your family and you're giving up McDonald's and you say to yourself, I'm not okay with the list of sacrifices I have to make, even a little one, like I can make a little one and not all of them at once. And if you do that and you're like, I cannot make these sacrifices right now, then you need to be honest with yourself that you can't make those sacrifices and that you're not willing to. All right. And it's that's an acceptable answer, but you only have you to blame for not achieving that goal. There's no external force. Okay. So 
one of my favorite quotes, and I heard it a long time ago, usually it's bandied about in like network marketing companies, and they talk about luck, where preparation meets opportunity. And this is the, it is the truth. You have got to prepare and then things do fall in line, but you cannot prepare all of the things all at once. And we as a nation are very all or nothing. It's either all in or nothing. And we need to get back to being a little in for a long time to find our success. And guys, I want, as you're getting ready to change these lies around, please don't just limit yourself to food and nutrition and exercise. Really think about your finances and your relationship with your spouse. Are you doing what you want to with them? Are you dating your spouse? Are you loving your spouse? And remember, none of these things need to cost money. Even if you're exercising, I started out in my house with like literally two cans of corn or two cans of beans or a can of corn and a can of beans, depending on what we'd eaten for the week and a five pound sack of flour that got lighter because I used it. Okay. Um, that's just how my life worked. I didn't have money for weights. I didn't have access to a gym. There are a hundred thousand times more access to gyms now than there was 20 some odd years ago. Um, so you can do things for free. You can date your spouse for free. You can play with your children for free. Go outside, stand in the sun, stand in the rain, make mud puddles, but don't limit yourself. So I want you to think about all the areas of your life, all right, your spiritual life. How many of us are like, if I just had some quiet time, I could read my Bible. I don't know. I said that. It was not true. If I just got off my butt for five minutes, I could have read my Bible and showed my kids I read my Bible. Yeah, they interrupt me. Yeah, my husband interrupts me. It's better to show up than not at all. Okay? So think about personal relationships. Think about your parenting. Think about your spiritual relationship with the Lord. Think about your personal relationship with your own body and your own mind. Think about your finances. Okay. It's kind of like five pillars. We are, and you can think about, there's a sixth one. Think about your house. Um, Well-organized house equals well-organized mind. Those of you that are ADHD are screaming at me because it is so very hard and I get it. Um, And we are going to talk about systems in tomorrow's episode of this. So here's your deal. Your homework is to turn your resistance or your reticence into a reason to do it. Let me give you an example. You say exercise makes me tired and I don't want to do it. Okay, great. Exercise makes you tired. We're going to turn that into a positive and we're going to turn it around and we're going to say exercise gives me energy and I'm going to do it so I get more energy. It might be a short-term loss of more fatigue, but it will be a long-term energy. We could say, I would like, and you know, I don't have time to hang out with my spouse. We're so busy. You could figure out a positive way to be like, I'm going to say I have 10 minutes. I can do 10 minute dates with my husband twice a week. I can text my husband. Okay. You say, I don't have time for a budget and I hate a budget because it's like controlling me. That's fine. You don't have to let the money control you. You can say, I'm going to tell myself how I spent my money. And again, not an excuse, not being like, not justifying. So like, I don't want you guys to think like, this is a justification means like, I'm spending my money at Starbucks today because this is what I want to do. No, no, pre-allocate where you spend your money. 
tell it how it's going to behave. Same with your body. Tell your body how your body's going to behave. Now, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it does. We're going to roll with the punches here. And I'm going to close out here. So this is your goal. Every, every resistance that you came up with as I talked, and you might have written them down, you might not have listened to me again if you need to, um, write these resistances down and turn them into a reason. As many as you can. <clears throat> I heard a great lecture from Mel Robbins actually this weekend about happiness. And I didn't realize that I was doing what she suggested, uh, but it is letting go of the control of the outcome. Meaning she talked about going on vacation and she was having a really good time with her kids. And the last 24 hours she ruined because she was so terrified about how her daughter was going to get back to school and if there was going to be a car crash and if the plane was going to be on time and if she remembered her passport. And then she was worried about her son and if he was going to have all, you know, it was basically she went down every rabbit hole of negativity that you could go down. And she basically was like, you go in and you have like a revolving door of thoughts. She was like, you kind of let it swing both ways. You see the thought, you let it go through. Okay, good. We talk about this actually in yoga at the end of class a lot. Um, I know that it gets a bad rap. And but what I like to do at the end of my yoga classes is we do it. We do a Shavasana, which is like you lay there. It is corpse pose. It's the title of it. I, and what I like to do, because when I'm in that position, for me as someone who has uh, ADHD, thoughts come flying at my head. And I have a very hard time staying still when so much information is coming. Clearly, you guys have watched me talk with my hands today. Um, and so one of the things that I kind of just did was each thought is a butterfly. I can look at it. I can see it. And I'm going to, I'm going to be like, okay, I recognize that you're the butterfly and this is the thought and you're just going to go away. And it's not to say that I'm not going to deal with it later. Cause guys, we are not shelving these thoughts. We are not tucking them away and hiding them into something for later. You're actually, my husband actually had a good one when he was in college and he was having a lot of anxiety and because you can't control certain outcomes is uh, one of the suggestions was just to put it on a shelf, just put it on a shelf. You're not going to not come back to the shelf later and deal with the emotion and deal with the situation, but you're going to put it on the shelf for now. And it is for now. That's one of the things that I like about the butterflies. I'm just going to let them go. It'll be a garden of butterflies. And when it's time, I'm going to have those butterflies and I'm going to pick one and I'm going to manage it. Mischief managed. Okay. Um, because we have to deal with those thoughts because if we just ignore them forever, we actually just create a buzzing bee problem. If you stick everything on the shelf, at some point your shelf is going to collapse. So you do actually have to come back and address these things. Um, but when you single-handedly take one stressor and address it in the moment, giving it the credence it needs, not the credence it needs, such as I'm worried my daughter's not going to be able to get on her flight because... I don't know if she has her passport. Well, that's easy. We're going to take that thought. We're going to go ask the question. Hey, you got your passport packed? Rock on. Okay. Check. We've we've fixed that thought. Okay. I'm going to digress because I will go on forever about that. It's one of my favorite things to talk about. So here's your homework. I want you to take every resistance thought or reticence thought that you had while we talked about all of this, and I want you to turn it into a reason to do the activity. Now, you might come up across and one of these resistances and you're like, I don't actually want to do this. Tell yourself why. 
Tell yourself why. That's okay. You do not have to do all the things. But we are going to turn our resistance into reasons because that's a positive outcome and it is a positive, strong method of making yourself move forward. All right. I've got more stuff for you guys tomorrow and a third day on Wednesday. So stay tuned. Watch the video again. Give it a try. Have fun. Turn your resistance into a reason.